You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And this is our number two of The Rob Carson Show. And we've got much, much, much to get to, including uh, Mike Davis. I really enjoy uh, Mike Davis of the Article 3 Project. I didn't know who he was like a year and a half ago. I had no idea who he was, and I and I see him just do some wonderful stuff. Uh, he's always concise. He's always incredibly well-read, and uh, and I enjoy it. He did a, he did a monologue last week uh, that was just uh, remarkably funny. Um, I don't have it anymore, but uh, he's, uh, he's just he's, he's terrific. So we'll uh, just trust me on this. Mike Davis at the bottom of the hour. We're going to be talking about, uh, oh, oh, Supreme Court and big tech. Big tech censorship, by the way. Big tech censorship. Yesterday, Laura Logan, Laura Logan, who used to be on uh, 60 Minutes, and uh, then she uh, decided to expose Benghazi, and the deep state went after her and destroyed her career, and it just kept going and kept going, and she was completely destroyed. Used to be well-respected and everything, and she appeared on Capitol Hill to uh, to talk about it yesterday, and uh, and there's just a lot of, um, well, you, you've heard my thoughts on government censorship, and there's been plenty of government censorship. I have been censored. I've been demonetized. I can't make any money on facebook i can't make any money on youtube um i've been i've had my facebook page taken away my show page the day after the election in 2020 uh they they brought it back uh, two years later and they took it down immediately and and completely unpublished it for no reason never told me why (laughs) but now we know the federal government was behind it we know the federal government was behind it here's laura logan yesterday you said you've been targeted over the last 10 years can you Describe what precipitated your targeting. Yes, I'm reporting the truth about Benghazi. I was attacked by one of those NGOs that masquerades as a nonpartisan watchdog in violation of its five. What about media matters and stuff? One three C status. It occupies a highly partisan position. I'm talking about media matters for America. I'm sure there's many doctors in this room, oh, yeah. scientists who've been attacked by the same people, um, the same people that run that. David Brock, for example, another political assassin, now runs an organization called Facts First USA, which is designed. To- to make sure that your research, Dr. Hazan, never reaches never reaches the people or the public. There are other organizations like Defeat Disinfo, which claims to be a Disinfo, that's a that's a Stalinist term. Pack that goes after disinformation, particularly set up to target COVID and throughout COVID with General Stanley McChrystal and the other people that advise that organization. I'm so glad that we are alive to recognize all of this and have all of this uncovered to us. To know that this has been going on for so long, and now we know, now we know, even though we face the biggest battle in our history for the survival of our country, we do, since the revolution, it really is. But at least we know now, at least we know they've been uncovered. Here is uh, Laura Logan talking about the non-government non-governmental organizations, which, by the way, are also uh, uh, funding the border uh, assault and bringing people into places like New York City where they're paying security guards at some of these hotels uh, with these NGOs that, that uh, were, were given no-bid contracts, $90 an hour. While the people in New York, one-fourth of the kids in New York City are being raised in poverty. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. Kind of weird, right? Here's a Lara Logan on these government-funded NGOs that tell us what we can or cannot think. But 
what, you know, Senator Johnson, it's not a secret that these organizations exist. What is not widely known and talked about is that? is that it's paid for by us. Oh, geez. It's paid for by yeah. the taxpayers. That's true. And your omnibus true. spending bills that get shoved through the House. Is that why they do that, you know? In the Senate, against the will of the people of this country, they are, there are cutouts for these NGOs. And what they do is they launder this money, they pass it from one NGO to the next, and in the name of preventing the spread of disinformation, they silence, silence, intimidate, and punish. I said that this is a death sentence for journalists. It it's is. how you murder a journalist without killing them. It's how you murder a scientist without killing them. It's how you murder a doctor without killing them. It's how you murder the vaccine injured when they haven't died. Yeah, because there haven't been any vaccine injuries, right? No, not at all, not at all. Everything's fine. And you should have worn that mask because it was a good idea. Uh, a little bit more from Laura Logan. They know how to kill a journalist without murdering them. We call it cancel culture. In truth, it is a death sentence. And they get away with it because they have information dominance. Some are strong enough to survive, but only a few, like Glenn Greenwald, Tucker yeah, Carlson, that's true, that's Matt true. Taibbi. Yeah. Only a few, like them, are able to reach greater heights and thrive. These nonprofits that I'm talking about are part of a vast censorship network that includes government agencies. They use deception to mask their actions with lofty goals like preventing the spread of misinformation, disinformation, hate speech. Mm. They use phrases like protecting democracy. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they do. They do. And NBC, ABC, CBS, PBS, NPR, they all parrot those talking points. That's why you need to just turn them off. And I mean that seriously. I really, really do. You need to because it's... Uh, it's really sick. Uh, and, and, then, and then, of course, you know, how does this manifest? For example, when the president of the United States threatens the unvaccinated, saying our patience is wearing thin and accuses them of putting communities at risk. Yeah. His words are designed to justify hatred, censorship and intimidation. Oh, that's true, and when yeah. the vice president compares January 6 to 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, it is a predicate to silence the opposition and justify the weaponization of the justice system. Yeah, and, and to call uh, Trump supporters MAGA fascists and enemies of democracy and white supremacists and all that. You get it. You get it. Like I said, I'm really glad that we know this now. Aren't you, aren't you glad we know this? Because I was saying it while it was happening during COVID, and I was being told, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, and then having my Facebook taken away and all that. And it's just nice that I wasn't crazy. I knew exactly what was going on. I said, if anybody says that what you believe is disinformation or misinformation, it means they know you know the truth. That's it. That's all. I got that years ago. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Let's go to Randall in Pacific Grove. Randall, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today, bro? Yeah, I want to comment on what you were talking about, that clandestine uh, unnamed operation that uh, gave that reporters so much harassment uh, and threat, threats and stuff. But first, I want to make a comment on comedy. Yeah. Okay, uh, I wrote a fortune cookie of my own, and it says, He who laughs at his own joke tells one funny joke. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, All right. Cool. What yeah, are my lucky numbers? <laughs> Gotta be funny if you're gonna laugh at your own joke, right? Yeah, give me okay. my give me my lucky so, numbers before I eat this stale cookie. Go ahead. Right. Yeah, I never put people down for laughing at their own jokes. I think it makes yeah. it even funnier. Well, I, I so, crack myself up sometimes, but go ahead. Yeah, that's what that's what makes it contagious. So, like there. I want, I want, okay. Now I live in an area that's got nothing but just B and Bs and all that kind of stuff. Airbnbs, 
houses, huge houses that are sitting empty all the time and rented out for a couple of days to party. And, and, and like for months, just sitting there empty and stuff like that. And we got all kinds of hotels and motels of, of varying ranges where they actually, you know, when Donald Trump uh, had his uh, rally and the prices were really expensive, they do that. If it's an event that they know is a big focus event, they're going to raise the rates to thousands of dollars a night. Yeah. They do that. Okay. Now, about this, uh, these farms these clandestine motels and hotels that are being used as farms. Being purchased by, by NGOs. By, no, no, wait a minute. By being purchased by NGOs like the Roosevelt Hotel in Manhattan that is now completely an a, illegal alien flophouse. Go ahead. The Roosevelt, the Roosevelt Hotel is the one I was going to cite as the main example. Oh, yeah. That is the capital uh, anchor baby farm. Oh, yeah. It's just a farm for anchor babies and for uh, uh, future votes. And don't think they're not going to turn out their kids that they bring over as soon as they get them. They're going to turn them out on the street. Yeah. That's what yeah. they are. They're just farms. Exactly. For exploitation of babies and children. And exactly, 100%. All, all right, Randall, have a good one, bro. I appreciate it, man. I do appreciate it. Yeah, that's a, you know, there was a Venezuelan immigrant yesterday talking about he had a, his uh, girlfriend or whatever the hell had a baby, and he's showing the babies like, hey, hey, look at this baby's worth so much money right now, and it, this baby's getting all this government aid and everything, and now we have an anchor in the States. Are you tired of getting beat slapped by the third word? Because I'm getting kind of tired of it. I'm getting really damn sick and tired of it. Really getting tired of being B-slapped by the third world. It is ridiculous. Uh, on to another subject. Uh, Nikki Haley says, no talk of a, uh, of a third-party run. No siree bobber. Uh, she tamped down the possibility of making a run at the White House. Today, by the way, is a Michigan primary. Uh, we, did you realize in the last election, uh, uh, blacks gave Joe Biden like 94% of the vote, and right now he's polling at 45% with black people in, uh, in Michigan. So they're not being fooled by stupid little appearances on Seth Meyers' show where he reads a script card. So the national director of the No Labels organization took uh, to the ears on Sunday to say Nikki Haley would have a broad appeal. And Nikki Haley says, nope, I've been a a conservative Republican my whole life. Sure you have. You've been a Bush Republican. I'm not going to switch over to the Democrat to have a Democrat vice president. That's not something I would do, Haley told Fox on Monday. My heart has always been with the Republican Party in this country, so that's what I'm going to do. Okay, and that's fine, and that's fine. And that's fine. I'm just the only thing I say about Nikki Haley, guys. And if you guys are Nikki Haley supporters, please understand. I'm not trying to be a, you know, a, a jerk. If you're disappointed at how the the Republican Party has been in Washington D.C. for the last 50 years, before Donald Trump, before he actually went in and did stuff, realize that Nikki Haley is going to do the same thing. All right. So uh, the deficit will never be solved. Uh, the the wars will never be stopped. Maybe even new ones started. Uh, uh, Social Security will never be fixed. None of it's going to be fixed because. George Bush didn't do it. Uh, you know, uh, every Republican president, other than Donald Trump, since Ronald Reagan, hasn't done it. So you're going to get a little bit more of that. I just want you to be ready for it because, uh, you know, and, and I want us to bring us together, okay? I want to bring us together because uh, even if you don't like Donald Trump, at least he can stop what is going on right now in the country, the destruction of the country. Oh, and then there's this from the AP, by the way. Uh, the AP did a, a poll. They, about 9 in 10 Trump voters said they were driven to the polls by him, not by objections to his opponent. Haley voters were uh, much more divided. About half were motivated by supporting her 
Nearly half as many turned out to oppose Trump. Roughly three-quarters of her supporters say Biden was legitimately elected as president in 2020. About four in ten voted for Biden in that election. So her supporters, four in ten of them, voted for Biden in the 2020. Woo! Her problem is that about six in ten Republican primary voters say they believe Biden was not legitimately elected. It's because the CIA was involved in the election. We know that now. It's true. Absolutely true. Poll conducted by Iowa caucuses. NBC News found similar stuff. The question was, if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee in the general election in November, would you vote for him? Vote for Biden. Vote for independent. Across the board, 11% of Republican caucus goers said they would flip and vote for Biden if Trump became the nominee. Looking at Haley supporters, that number jumped to a whopping 43%. 43%. So who's supporting the Nickster? Sounds like a disaffected Democrat. Nikki, her impossible dream. More people who just don't want Trump to win. Just died. For good in her home state. This is Jim Gossett. But she's vowed to keep on running. Drop out before it's too late. Just look at Donald Trump's crowds. His voice is so soothing. Thousands wearing their MAGA hats. While most of Nikki's supporters are rhinos and Democrats, I guess so. it just isn't right because we all know they're voting for Nikki, Nikki. just to help Sleepy Joe. That is true. Nikki, you lost. You've clearly been beat. It's time to grow up and finally admit your defeat, Nikki. Time to get out today. Wow. That's pretty impressive. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Ken Buck, uh, he doesn't think there's enough evidence to convict Joe Biden and impeach him because of all the mountains of evidence of uh, of crimes and uh, you know money laundering and uh, and influence peddling. But he does think his brain doesn't work, and the Twenty Fifth Amendment should remove him from office. We'll have details on the other side of this break. And this is the Rob Carson Show. Y'all about sick of this nonsense? Let's take America back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Would you want to do? What's your 2024 agenda? Because I feel like we live in such crazy times that that is one of the things I feel we hear less about. Look, the 2020 agenda is to finish the job. Okay, so that is uh, Seth Meyers uh, fluffing Joe Biden, trying to uh, to build up Joe Biden like he's competent by doing scripted bits, and then Joe Biden uh, screwed up the first thing. He talked about the wrong year. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, it's phenomenal. It's wonderful. And I just want to say to the left that Joe Biden's brain is perfectly fine. You're exactly right. You are exactly right. Keep saying that. Joe Biden's brain is absolutely perfect. Keep doing that there, Joe Scarborough. Everybody really believes it. And you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here. He uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said... The better angel, he said, we must address the council and address the better angels of our nature. Yeah. And we do do well to remember 
What else he said? He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle of the, in the part of the Civil War. Yeah. He said, we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies. Folks, and I've been around. I know I don't look it. I've been around a long while. Yeah, very loud. Uh, and uh, uh, Dad, we we uh, we feel like maybe um, you know I know you like to drive and everything, and I know you you love that uh, that Corvette. But I just think honestly that maybe uh, we should take the keys from you. That beer brewed here, <laughs> it is used to make the brew beer in this fire. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why. <laughs> Yeah, here's uh, this is James Clyburn. He said the reason why Joe Biden uh, can't talk and well, you know, wanders around the stage like a Roomba is because he stutters. Trump had some cue cards on yesterday uh, or last night and couldn't get his own wife's name right. That's the lie, actually. There's something wrong with Trump. No. And we know there's something wrong with Trump. No, there isn't. All of that meandering mm-hmm. that he was doing today. He does. Uh, but we never see any reporting on that. If Joe Biden commits a gaffe, a guy who stuttered all of his childhood into his adulthood, and everybody knows. Okay, so apparently that didn't work out. Uh, nobody is believing that. So what uh, James Clyburn decided to do was just speak gibberish like Joe Biden. So here, here's an example. And what did he do? He created what we call uh, the little sort of, um, you know, that act. A lot of people wonder what it's about to repair what was wrong. See, then, then, then they're just going to, all the Democrats are going to talk like that now. <laughs> And I impeachment Republican Ken Buck, who's uh, honestly retiring, I hear, and thank God, because really, honestly, wow, uh, demands that Vice President Kamala Harris convene a cabinet and invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Biden from the White House. E- is that going to happen, do you suppose? Is that going to happen? I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath. But uh, a resolution he introduced Monday demands Vice President Kamala Harris immediately convene the cabinet and declare that what is obvious to a horrified nation that the president is unable to successfully discharge the duties of powers from his office, continue uh, uh, watching Biden butchering lines and blah, 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 blah. So that's, that's what Ken Buck, I guess he's trying to get on the right side of history and give, uh, give Joe Biden an easy out rather than an impeachment and uh, you know, possibly facing uh, – Criminal charges for some of the things that he and his son have done. That's what rhinos do, I guess. That's uh, that's kind of what they do. Um, I told you, I, I still don't believe that he'll make it through the campaign. And if you think that he <laughs> he's going to live through the end of his presidency, and I'm not meaning to be morose in any way, shape, or form. I've just seen this. I've seen this. And, and I, in case you didn't know, uh, do you remember a couple years ago, there was a senator named Diane Feinstein, and uh, and she was a fairly clear mind just a couple years ago, and then uh, began an immediate dissent in the last year. And uh, they kept her in the Senate, and they even wheeled her in where she uh, didn't know which way was up. And ultimately, we watched her die in the Senate. And uh, if Joe Biden is uh, elected, and the only way that'll happen is if they steal the vote. Uh, that same thing will happen. It, it just is. I'm, I'm just being real here, and you understand it, and you know it, and no amount of Jane Clyburn or Nancy Pelosi or you anybody's going to convince you otherwise because it's the truth. Mike Davis, Article 3 Project, on deck.
Stick around. It's Rob Carson Show. Hey, guys. It's Carson. I have been eager to tell you about Factor Meals. Remember this. There are a ton of meal services that require you to assemble the ingredients, and that's all fine. But time is such a valuable commodity. Why not have excellent chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered to your door? Factor has 35 different options a week to choose from. My wife and I love them. My son has a new place. He loves them. Options include calorie smart, vegan, veggie. How about turkey chili with zucchini, sun-dried tomato chicken, tomato goat cheese cavatappi pasta. Most microwave meals are frozen and they look like crappy airline food. Not Factor meals. Factor has two-minute meals that are ready to eat whenever you are. I love their smoothies and their shots, especially their ginger cayenne shot. Gets me going every day. It's a rush. No prep, no mess. Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. Head to factormeals.com slash Newsmax50. Use promo code Newsmax50. Get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash Newsmax50 and get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash Newsmax50. This is Nancy Pelosi. She took some time off from trying to find the other 99 pelts of uh, Dalmatian puppies to talk about Donald Trump's brain being broken. Europeans here are worried. They see America and they say America is stepping back. You've dealt with Donald Trump. What advice would you give them? Him? Have an intervention into your mental health your political viability. He's, a, he's really grotesque, and it's really a shame. And I never could talk politics when I go overseas because um, that's just the way we have always been. Uh, yeah, very no, you bipartisan do. No, you when do. We go overseas when you we do have all differences. The time. And we criticize the president at home. <laughs> and that, I might hesitation to do that. But uh, the uh, he has ventured into a the global scene by his chumminess with Putin. Yeah, they're trying the uh, Vladimir Putin uh, Russia collusion thing on this election, which is just laughable. It's like it's like nobody was paying attention, and everything that just happened, uh, nobody's going to remember. It, it really is remarkable. The Democrat Party is just—I mean, I don't even know what to tell you at this point. It, it's just—it's profoundly broken. Just. Profoundly. I said before they're intellectually and morally bankrupt. It's even worse than that. Now it's like bordering on. No, not bordering on. It's jumped over the border of evil. Really, honestly. Uh, you know, southern border up and all that stuff. But anyway, we'll get to that a little bit later on. I, uh, <clears throat> I become a big fan of the, uh, the guest uh, we have now, and that is Mike Davis. He's uh, creator and founder and president of the Article 3 Project. Uh, and I've seen him. I mean, I use his audio on the show all the time just because I, I just love what he has to say. Uh, he had a, something really, a great screed on Fawny Willis about a week ago. That's when I said, I got to get this guy on the show. And uh, Mike Davis joins us on the Newsmax Hotline right now. Mike Davis, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you finally on my show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, I want to ask you this, because a lot of the times we, we just see Mike Davis, Article 3 Project. Tell everybody for don't, who don't understand what the, uh, the Article 3 Project is, why you found it. And I'm very curious about this. Yeah, so I was the chief counsel for nominations on the Senate Judiciary Committee for then-Chairman Chuck Grassley from my home state of Iowa, and I was helping President Trump confirm a record number of his judges. And I saw, as the staff leader for the Kavanaugh confirmation fight, that there was a void on the right with the right, white, right-wing right groups 
people, uh, we needed someone with insider experience who was able to go out there and fight like Democrats. And so I have worked on nominations in the White House and the Justice Department. I helped Justice Gorsuch, my former boss, run his outside effort to get him confirmed. And then I was the chief counsel for nominations for Kavanaugh, a record number of judges. So I said, okay, I'm going to start the Article Three project. And I did that back in 2019 for the last two years of President Trump's first term. We confirmed, we continued to confirm a record number of his judges, and we frankly helped make the, the Barrett confirmation, replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg and really shifting the court to the right. We made that look like a cakewalk. So, and then when Biden, when Biden took over the White House, and uh, you know, our job, as I see it, is to, we, we're not going to be able to stop very many of these judicial nominees with Democrat Senate. But what we can do is flag the ones that are really bad, like Katanji Brown Jackson and turn these from political wins for Democrats into political losses. And then a big part of what I've been doing over the last two years has been the tip of the spear defending Trump on this unprecedented republic-ending lawfare and election interference by the Democrats because they fear they can't beat Trump on November 5th, 2024. They don't trust American voters. I'm, I'm curious, Mike, and by the way, I'm a fellow Iowan as well, my brother. Where in Iowa yeah. did you come from? What's your hometown, man? I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa. I went. To, oh, yeah. I was a good. I was a bad Catholic kid, and I went to. I went to uh, Dowling High School. Nice, nice. Uh, Neola, Iowa, Tri Center High School. One year at uh, St. Albert's uh, uh, Catholic School, by the way. And uh, so well, I'm very familiar. Very familiar with Iowa. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, I said after the. I guess right after the Alvin Bragg first indictment, and then the next one happened. I said, well, obviously these are all political indictments meant to interfere with the 2024 election. Uh, now we know that there are White House logs that show uh, that uh, these DAs uh, had been to the White House many numerous times. So it's it's very clear that this e, these are political. Um, is there anything that maybe uh, an AG or a DA could do to, I mean, wh why, how is this being allowed? How, how is it being allowed to be, to come out of the White House to go after a political appointment? How is this happening, Mike? It sounds illegal That's to me. It is illegal. This is a criminal conspiracy to violate President Trump and many other civil rights. And we see this on many fronts. They impeached Trump for nonsense. They've indicted him four times for non-crimes. They've illegally, unconstitutionally gagged him several times. They're trying to bankrupt him for non-fraud. They have this crazy Gene Carroll winning this bogus defamation judgment by this Democrat judge in New York. They actually changed the law in New York specifically so Gene Carroll could sue Trump and that's it, right? It seems like a bill of attainder to me. And they, uh, that all backfired. Trump is beating Biden like a drum in the polls for November 5th. So Democrats just said, okay, we're just going to take him off the ballot. They're trying to dust off this post-Civil War constitutional provision to chase Confederates out of office. They're trying to use that against Trump. This is all backfiring. This is Democrat lawfare. It's election interference. And it is clearly coordinated by Joe Biden himself because his hands are on all four of these criminal indictments. It was Matthew Colangelo that got sent from the number three office in the Biden Justice Department to resuscitate the zombie case in New York uh, for charging Trump with felonies for the non-felony of settling a nuisance claim as a businessman. Right. So they the prior Manhattan D.A. passed over this case 
the Manhattan U.S. Attorney passed over this case. The Federal Election Commission passed over this case. Alvin Bragg passed over this case. It wasn't until Matthew Colangelo got sent from the Biden Justice Department where they brought the first indictment ever against a former president who happens to be the leading presidential candidate. That's number one. There's also with Jack Smith, he has two indictments, one for a bogus January 6th indictment for the non-crime of objecting to a presidential election, which is allowed by the Electoral Count Act of 1887. It's also allowed by the First Amendment. Democrats objected to Republican wins in 1968, 2004, 2000, uh, 2000, 2004, and 2016. You don't see Democrats in prison. You don't see Al Gore and John Kerry and Hillary Clinton in prison for objecting Two Republican wins. And Jack Smith also indicted Trump for the non-crime of having his presidential records of the office of former president funded by Congress, allowed by the Presidential Records Act, guarded by the Secret Service, while they give Biden a pass for having stolen classified records in several different locations, moved several times, accessible by their Chinese agent and almost certainly used by Hunter for his foreign corruption. And uh, it was... Deputy White House Counsel to Joe Biden, Jonathan Sue, who waived President Trump's claim of constitutional executive privilege going back 250 years to George Washington to get Trump there. So there's Biden's fingerprints, hands on uh, three of the four indictments. And then with Fannie Willis's indictment down in Georgia for the non-crime of objecting to a presidential election, her corrupt, her corrupt crime where she illegally hired her boyfriend, secret boyfriend, and took illegal kickbacks from him. She had an illegal financial stake in this criminal prosecution. Nathan Wade, her secret boyfriend, met with the Biden White House, including the White House counsel, on several occasions. He billed Fulton County DA $250 per hour to meet with the Biden White House counsel and the Biden White House. So it was clearly about this case, and it was before the indictment. So there's four of Four of the four indictments for Joe Biden's hands are on all four. I want to ask you about this uh, new headline. The Biden administration planted a Democrat operative inside the Fulton County office to target uh, Donald Trump. This Jeff DeSantis. What do you know about this Jeff DeSantis guy? Well, Jeff DeSantis is the deputy DA for media affairs, and he's a political operative. He's a longtime Democrat political operative, and it. If these allegations are true, it's further evidence that Biden has his hands on all four of these indictments. We already know that Biden has his hands on Fannie Willis's indictment. Nathan Wade, the lead prosecutor, uh, Fannie Willis's boyfriend, this corrupt, unqualified, stupid prosecutor, billed for his time meeting with the Biden White House, including the, the Biden White House counsel. He also billed 24 hours in one day. I don't know how that's possible, but, you know. Fanny's demanding these la- uh, lavish kickbacks, these lavish trips to Napa, to the Caribbean, to Belize. And so, you know, he had to he had to work harder and defraud Fulton County more in order to pay for these trips. Well, you know, Mike, I think that uh, spending time with Fonnie Willis is like double time, just because it, it's so miserable that you should charge said, twice said, as much. I, yeah. I said the same thing. I said, I said, their testimony. I don't think Nathan Wade charged enough when he charged. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, "My God in heaven, uh, seven hundred thousand dollars is it?" Have you heard her talk? Um, let me. 
<laughs> this is what I yeah, like about yeah. you, Mike, because you, you know, I have a very sloppy, wet sense of humor. You have a dry sense of humor. And, and like when you did this, you did this epic monologue the other night on and I wrote you about it. I, I was like, this is so good. It was about Fawdy Willis. And I was like, and it was a, it was literally two minutes. And I just played the whole damn thing on the air. And I was like, wow, wow. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, a, a new uh, former law partner and divorce attorney of Nathan Wade is being uh, ordered to testify. Uh, lawyer Terrence Bradley may be forced to testify, they said possibly by today. Um, and this will further corroborate the the relationship that Fawny had with Nathan before she hired him. Uh, so I want you to comment on that. And then I want you to say that, that isn't the big story. The relationship is the big story. It's the it's the money. It's the money, money, money. So first, with uh, regard to Terrence Bradley. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem. Fanny Willis has lied under oath on several occasions. Yeah. She's she know she she knows that Nathan Wade lied under oath in his divorce proceeding about the nature of his relationship and the timing of his relationship with Fanny Willis. Fanny Willis took that lie, took that sworn statement that Nathan Wade submitted to the divorce court, and she had her office attach it to a pleading to co-defendant Mike Romans in response to co-defendant Mike Romans' motion to dismiss, where both Nathan Wade and Fanny Willis represented to the court that they didn't have the relationship and they didn't have the timing of the relationship that was claimed, right? Then she changed her story and said, oh, yeah, we had a relationship, but it didn't start until November of 20, or excuse me, it didn't start until 2022 after I hired him in November of 2021. Well, first, that doesn't make that much difference because she, that relationship started before she brought the indictment against Trump and 18 others. So that doesn't get her out of jail on that one, right? But the bigger problem is, is that she lied. She's had this relationship going back to at least 2019, including to, uh, according to one of her friends who worked for her, who testified that she saw Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade in an affectionate you know, relationship going back to 2019. They also have this geofence evidence, these, this cell phone data, where Nathan Wade <laughs> stayed at Fannie Willis' house dozens of times, including overnight several times, and then... They have this evidence of like 12,000 text messages and 2,000 phone calls between <laughs> Nathan Wade and Fannie Willis in the first 11 months of, 2000, of 2021. So, yeah, it's, it's very normal to have 14,000 communications with your boss in 11 months and go stay at her house 35 times. And I mean, it's just get real. She's lying through her teeth. So is Nathan Wade. They should both be disqualified from this case by this judge of this Kemp Jez judge has any balls he'll do it if they they should be disqualified this case should be dismissed without prejudice because it's been tainted since before its inception with this financial stake in the in the willis and nathan wade which is absolutely illegal the georgia officials can look at an independent prosecutor to a, to decide whether to refile these charges they, nathan wade and benny willis should be disbarred and they should be thrown in prison for yes. perjury bribery, subordination of perjury, false statements, throw their asses in jail. 100%. We've got about another 45 seconds here. What comes first, uh, the stupid or the corruption? Do they find corrupt people to take these cases on and it turns out they're stupid? Or do they find stupid people? What, which comes first? <laughs> well, you have to find people who are really stupid to do this. Yes. That's very clear. That's what they've done with Jack Smith and Fannie Willis and Tish James and Alvin Bragg. You know, that 
these, these aren't what, it, what George W. Bush used to say. These aren't exactly the brightest tools in the shed because he screwed up his metaphor. But no, the, the, these are these are not the smartest people on the planet. And they're also corrupt. Mike, I got to tell you, this has been a real pleasure to have you on, bro. And I will have you on anytime. Uh, where can people find you on the web and the Article Three Project? Where can people help you out, man? Great. Article3project.org. Article3project.org. You can donate there. We're at Ads Article 3 Project, at Article Number 3 Project, on Getter, Twitter, Truth. And when I'm not kicked off, I'm on all social, at M-R-D-D-M-I-A. M-R-D-D-M-I-A. All right. One, one other thing. One other thing. Do you, yep. do you, call, it, do you call it a made right or a, or, a, uh, or a loose meat sandwich? That's a made right, of course. What's there you go. Area? It's called a loose meat sandwich. <laughs> All right, man. Mike, we'll talk again soon. Have a good one. This is The Rob Carson Show. By the way, uh, the question that I asked Mike Davis at the end of the show is something that only an Iowegian would know. And by the way, they don't call them Iowans. They call them Iowegians in Iowa. Uh, loose meat sandwich or made right is the uh, is the word. Because there's a sandwich in uh, Iowa. It's a made right. It's a sloppy gel, right? And then there's another sandwich called a loose meat sandwich. It was lightly seasoned hamburger. You put it on a bun. And uh, made right is what we called them when I was uh, in lunch line at school when I was a kid. So thought you should know. I know. Iowa. Woo, so exciting. <laughs> He's awesome. Oh, Mark Morgan, former CPB director, joins us at the top of the hour to talk about the southern border. Um, this is kind of interesting. Oh, look, look what could happen this year. A threat of a strike looms large over East Coast Gulf Coast ports. Oh, there you go. So a, law, a labor contract between the International Longshoremen's Association, United States Maritime Alliance, could, uh, could cause a strike, 70,000 dock workers. Prepare for the possibility of a coast-wide strike in October 2024. What's that going to do? Supply chain. Here's your supply chain right here. There you go. Yeah. When did that happen? Oh, yeah, a couple years ago. Maybe it's time to get that emergency medical kit I've been telling you about from, uh, from the wellness company. Maybe it's time to do that. So here's what you can do. You can go to the Wellness Company's website. You can save 10% by going to twc.health slash Carson, twc.health slash Carson. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the supply chain is going to get busted up again this year, which is not a surprise. Remember not having meat in the counter? Remember not having paper products? Remember all that? What if it happens to your medicine? What if it happens to your medicine? You need... Uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, ZPAC, amoxicillin, all of these meds. And now they've got emergency travel packages, and now they've got first aid packages. And the wellness company knows how to do it. So go to twc.health slash Carson, twc.health slash Carson, and you will save 10%. 10%. Oh, I just got some good news. I just got some good news. My show, my little show on Newsmax, has been on the air for four years that uh, Donald Trump considers me the funniest person on TV because it's called Rob Carson's What in the World. We just got the year-to-year ratings for my weekend show, January to January, up 81%, 81% on a weekend show. Isn't it kind of funny that uh, Jimmy Fallon now has a Saturday night comedy show? It's different than Greg Gutfeld's show, by the way. Greg Gutfeld had a different show. Jimmy Fail is leaning into the comedy. They also, the Fox is pushing a stand-up routine. I should do that, too. I may. But um, I show up 81% on Newsmax, and Newsmax is just kicking butt. If you haven't become a Newsmax Plus member, I would recommend you do. Just go to NewsmaxPLUS.com. That's <clears throat> NewsmaxPlus.com, I should say. 
and get signed up and get signed up. So uh, the man, Mark Morgan, former CPB director, joins us at the top of the hour to talk about what's going on at the southern border. He always says uh, some amazing stuff. And uh, General Blaine Holt joins us at the bottom of next hour because he says Escape from New York, the movie, is actually happening in New York right now. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is The Rob Carson Show. This is a Rob Carson Show, an action-packed show. We normally don't do two guests in one hour, but when uh, Mark Morgan is available, we get him on the air. Former acting CBP director is on the Newsmax Hotline. Hello, my friend. How are you? Rob, my brother. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my friend. I, I've seen you all over the uh, news this weekend. You were on Newsmax. I think you actually were on longer than most uh, anchors <laughs> this weekend talking, talking about the southern border, man. i got to tell you, Mark, before we get into uh, what's going on, I, and I understand you had a great event you're going to be at uh, where we're honoring uh, Tom Homan. and got some great guests there. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the uh, the murder of, of Lake and Riley and how the, uh, the federal government uh, dropped the ball not only on the border, but also allowing this animal who uh, who uh, committed this atrocity to wander free in the United States. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Well, first of all, Rob, look, I'm very glad you used the word animal because that's what we should be doing, right? Because that's exactly what this guy is. And so look, I, I think one of the reasons, well, there's multiple reasons why this has gained so much attention. Be- because, as you just alluded, there were multiple failures in this system of which they were all preventable. And let me go with the first one. So he comes from Venezuela. He illegally enters the border. The first failure is, because of Secretary Mayorkas' direction, is that this individual was unlawfully paroled into the United States. He should have never been paroled in, but he was. Failure number one. Number two, he goes to New York, and why does he go to New York, Rob? Because it's a sanctuary city, and that's where failure number two comes in, in a colossal way. He commits another crime. He enters the country illegally. He goes to New York. He commits another crime, endangerment of a child. And what what does NYPD do? Because they're a sanctuary city, and they're mandated. They cannot work with ICE. They release him back to the community before ICE is even aware and could put a a detainer on him. But Rob's even if ICE would have known and put a detainer on them, NYPD, because they're a sanctuary city, would not have honored the detainer. So regardless, this man, knowingly that's in the country illegally, committed another crime, NYPD would have released him back in the country. What's he do? He goes to meet with his brother, who's also in the country illegally in Georgia, and now allegedly has killed Lakin Riley. That now, Mark. Colossal failure. We, we, this government, we failed her. We failed her, Rob. Yeah, I I have a a theory that I want to posit because Joe Biden uh, a while back said that he wanted and would allow 500,000 Venezuelans uh, to come here and work. Um, I believe, and and you called me conspiratorial, but I I think it's absolutely spot on, that there are powers that be in Venezuela uh, who uh, are in charge of the government who want to make America Venezuela. It's very clear to me that they want to make America Venezuela. They want to go against what has happened in places like Argentina, uh, what they were successfully able to stop by stealing an election in Brazil. Uh, and I think they're trying to do the same thing to the United States. And and we've seen the rise of Venezuelan street gangs in uh, in uh, New York City, which says to me that what Donald Trump has said, that they are emptying, emptying the prisons in Venezuela like the Marielle Boatlift did, uh, is what they're doing to the United States. Um, what do you... What do you 
you think about this, particularly this influence uh, influx of people from the communist country of Venezuela? Here's what I'll say that's not conspiratorial, Rob. Here's what's fact, what you just said. So we know, we know that, that Venezuela is not the only country that has intentionally, right, uh, uh, opened up and guiding guided criminals from their country to come to the United States. So number one, what is Venezuela doing? They're putting Venezuela ahead of other people, right? They're trying to make Venezuela great again uh, by, by sending the criminals to our country. That's just a fact. And so people need to wake up, Rob, is that the people coming here, we and I have talked about it, are, are they all bad coming across? Nope, absolutely not, never said that. But guess what? Wake up, they're not all good. How many more Lincoln Rileys do we need, Rob? Well, I can tell you, uh, um, uh, Kayla Hamilton, uh, Elizabeth Medina, again, two young women that were cut down in the prom of their life by illegal aliens that are in this country. So, so, so uh, Lincoln, she's not, gonna, she's not the first, and she's not going to be the last. It's just unbelievable that we've allowed our compassion to be hijacked and make us ignorant of the truth, reality, and fact that's going on. I'll give you another quick stat. In, in 2023, ICE alone, ICE arrested 73,000 criminal illegal aliens in the United States. 73,000, Rob, including murderers, rapists, kidnappings, pedophiles, aggravated felons, and gang members. Rob, what I got to tell you. Up? Uh, th- no, I think the American people are very awake, Mark. I just think they want to know what the hell to do. They just want to know what the hell to do. They're screaming at the top of their lungs in Washington, D.C., dear God in heaven. And these, pardon the word, but these bastards in Washington, D.C. want to fund a war in Ukraine and not a southern border. And, I mean, I tell you, Mark, this is to me, I, I think the American people are on a revolutionary footing. Cash Patel said we are at a 1776 moment. And I, I agree 100% on this. I think people are looking for something that they can do because they are tired of this. They realize that this is an invasion, military-style invasion of the United States. And we have to sit here and watch our own demise. It isn't even a Trojan horse at this point. It is out in the open. It is out in the open. And and people are just looking for a way to do it. Now, I want to mention this, and something that I haven't heard someone say. They're talking about, how are they going to get rid of all these people? And the left always says, they'll never be able to deport enough people. Let me ask you this. What about just saying, on the federal level, if you come here illegally, you cannot work. You will not be able to get your citizenship. You have to deport. What would that do with regard to getting them to self-deport? And do you suppose that would be a powerful tool as well as federal law enforcement to remove these people? Yes, Rob, absolutely. Look, and I said this, and you and I have talked about this. What we need to do is, is not complicated. It's common sense. Illegal aliens want five things. They want to be released in the United States. They want to be free from deportation. They want to work illegally, send money home, and bring family here. If you cut into all of those things, or even one, either stop releasing them and or stop allowing them to work illegally, you have significantly removed some of the greatest pull factors, and history and data will show they will stop coming. So you're absolutely right. But what I would add to that is, so, so before we get to the question about how are we going to deport everybody that's here illegally, first we have to stop the bleeding. That's what you're talking about. First, we in catch and release. Second, we stop. We national e-verify. We absolutely go after companies that are hiring, intentionally, willfully hiring illegal yes. aliens because they can pay them under the table, substandard wages, substandard work conditions. That's what we need to start cutting into.
I got to tell you, bro, I'm mine. We, we, uh, we've got to do something, and it looks like a federal government is working against us. I'm proud of what is happening in Texas, and I think most of the American people are proud of what is happening in Texas. Now we have to uh, get to California and do something about that. Um, I want to mention something here real quick. I know you're doing – you're going to be part of this big event going on at uh, Mar-a-Lago on April the 4th, which, you know, they ought to invite me to MC one of these things because I'll tell you what, I'll bring the, I'll bring the funny. I'll bring the funny. <laughs> but there's a big uh, border 9-11 gala going on, and, and some of the warriors uh, of the border battle, like Tom Homan, going to be there. You're going to be there, among others. So one of my heroes, Sarah Carter, yep. is going to be there. If I could talk my boss into it, I'll come down there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Mac, Matt Whitaker's going to be there. Matt Whitaker's another one of my heroes. Absolutely love him as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about this going on at Mar-a-Lago on April the 4th. Yeah, I appreciate sure. it. So Border 911, it's really a grassroots effort. It's a 501C nonprofit that Tom Holman has put together. And as you said, he's brought in some experts. So he brought in Rodney Scott, the former chief, Sarah Carter, Jason Jones of Texas CPS, Derek Mullis was, you know, one of the chiefs in uh, uh, DEA Special Ops, and myself. And, look, our goal is to do exactly what we're doing, Rob, because, look, I've traveled from, from San Diego to Brownsville to Maine, and there's still among the American people a lack of understanding of what's going on the matter, uh, what's going on the border, why it matters, and what we need to do to stop it. And that's what we're doing. So April 4th, we're going to be in Mar-a-Lago. It's a fundraising event. Go to border911.com. Hopefully you can buy a ticket. See you there. If not, just just, just uh, you know, maybe, maybe throw some money towards us because it's going to take a lot of money to continue to get out throughout this, uh, you know, United States the next, you know, ten months to get the information, education, awareness out there. What we need to do. I'm going to tell you, Mark. I mean, I I I am rem- I am amazed by how much abuse you've been through, how much abuse that Tom Homan has been through, and every day you pick yourself up. Every day you pick up after this verbal and press assault that has been happening in this country for years. And uh, and border nine one one dot com is is I think people need a direction. They need a, a way that they can go. They need a grassroots way to get their voice out and and have people like work through people like you guys to do something because it's very clear washington dc has no interest in fixing this do they yep no i i completely agree look we had i mean to your point so eight months ago the the house of uh, house of representatives they passed the most most the, the strongest border security bill that's ever been passed in a single chamber in capitol hill in our lifetime hr2 and what happened? It goes over to the Senate side. We know Schumer was going to do nothing, but think about it. He sat on this, Rob. He didn't put it on the floor. He didn't allow public debate. He didn't even call for amendments to it to see if, if we could get something that would work. Instead, they said no, and they just trashed it. And then what did we come up with, including the Republicans were involved in this? It, what they put forth, it wasn't a border security bill. It was a giveaway and a handout to NGOs and sanctuary cities of the merely $20 billion they were going to give seven billion of the twenty to NGOs and sanctuary cities. Oh, by the way, they were going to give sixty billion to Ukraine. I mean, that's just not serious, Rob. Unbelievable. And, and I, I saw, you know, some of these these NGOs. They're not no bid contracts. Uh, I know in New York City, there was this one that got NGO that got. They're paying security guards ninety dollars an hour at some of these uh, illegal flop houses, these uh, these hotels that have been converted into flop houses for illegal. And i got to tell you, it's so sickening that Democrats are stepping over the bodies of, uh, of the poor and the bodies of the homeless and, the, and, the, and the, uh, the bodies of school children and the bodies of people like Lake and Riley. 
to to put these people up and enrich themselves and and i i think border 911.com is a way to uh to to turn this around and mark i want to thank you for taking the time today because i know you're busy and i know you probably got at least 10 more appearances on newsmax just today <laughs> well we need to get you there we need to get you Dude. there on april 4th all right, I would. Uh, you know what? I'm going to get there, but you know the thing is, this time I'm going to bring my swimsuit. Nobody ever jumps to that pool. I'm going to do a cannonball in the middle of that gala just for. And I might even. You know, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> hey, if, if you go, we go. All right, bro. Mark, uh, thank you so much, and and Godspeed, and our prayers and our thoughts are with you and all of the the people who currently work for our Border Patrol and and those who who are just having to stand down and watch this massacre happen. I appreciate you, bro. Have a glorious day, all right? You You bet. So border911.com, that's Tom Homan's organization. And, And I know you're looking for a way, I mean, you're like, can I just go to the damn border myself? Can I do like that woman the other day, just buy some razor rib and go to the damn border? Because we don't have to sit here and take this. We don't have to take this. We don't have to witness. We don't have to witness people come across the border to murder and to steal and to tread all over us. We don't have to. We don't have to deal with these abuses and usurpations. And we need to make it very clear to the people in Washington, D.C., if they pass this Ukraine bill and there's nothing in the border, there's going to be hell to pay. We are, and I'm not talking about physical violence. I'm talking about become ungovernable. You know, maybe the trucker strike in New York. I'd love to see that blow up. But I want to, we've got to do something to say that we don't have to be the means of taxation and production for the elites in Washington, D.C. as they murder us, as they destroy our, our, our businesses, our finances, as they kill, as they drug, as they, as they you know, fentanyl for Christ crying out loud. It's just remarkable. Border 911, that's the agency. I'm going to take a break. Uh, On the other side of the break, uh, I've got uh, Al Sharpton putting his foot in something. And and thankfully, everybody, they know that Al Sharpton is a joke. He's not a uh, civil rights leader at all. That's on the way. And this is The Rob Carson Show. This is Rob Carson Show. I want to thank uh, Mark Morgan for being on the show today. Uh, Border911.com. Border911.com. That's Tom Homan's organization. And uh, you might want to just make it a favorite on the browser if you could help him out. That would be great as well. Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton, he, uh, you know, is a uh, Democrat Party machine op, a two-time Senate candidate, failed both times, one-time mayoral candidate, used to be really fat, wore a, uh, a jogging suit all the time, which I actually like better, to be quite honest. And, and he has an amazing superpower. Did you, did you know what it is? It's uh, being able to show up at a moment's notice at a funeral of a black person being shot and capitalize it on it and raise money while not doing anything for the black community. And people get it now. People get it now. This is uh, the Reverend Allen. I use that term very uh, loosely because, I mean, it really is a very ungodly human being. On his, uh, the recent uh, MSNBC show, Politics Nation. And he went after Donald Trump. Well, actually, he went after black voters because black voters saw Donald Trump hauled into the worst jail in, uh, in Atlanta and, and mugshotted. And, uh, and Al Sharpton uh, wants to make black people feel bad about that and shame them. I repeat the insult of saying that black voters would in some way be enticed to support him because he had a mugshot like all of us 
are criminals or to say that because he has four is, is he saying he's a criminal indictments one of which or really two of which both Georgia and the federal around him trying to rob votings when we had to fight people were bloody beaten and killed to get us the right to vote and one person one of his supporters got on Fox News saying blacks love him because of the sneakers so let me get this right. He didn't support George Floyd Justice and the Policing Act. Biden did and signed an executive order. Because it was based on crap. He didn't support the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. But that is, that because it was a bunch of crap. We supposed to go for sneakers and a mugshot. And those blacks that are standing there with him, have you no shame? Oh, I don't think you have any shame, sir. Otherwise, you'd be in the private sector, retired. There are folks in this world like Al Sharpton. Jim Gossett. Who make everything about race. Who get a pass from the media. How are things in the black community today? Criticism we never face. With 40 years, is Al Sharpton be a black leader? I have been a race baiter. It's made me a lot of dope. I'm sure this is probably racist or something. As well as an Israel hater. Yeah. I'm just like old Sleepy Joe. You're done, dude. That's why I don't have any viewers. Nope. That's why my ratings are low. And they're afraid to fire you. They know that I'll cry racism. Oh, yeah, that's true. If they cancel my TV show. So the Harvard Corporation reportedly favored uh, Claudine Gay over two internal candidates who both had administrative experience and far more extensive scholarship credentials. Yeah. The Ivy League Institute uh, reported uh, failed to conduct even a basic review of DEI candidate Gay's academic uh, work. Harvard Corporation senior fellow Penny Pritzker and the Presidential Search Committee favored Claudine Gay for her administrative expertise and didn't even conduct a scholarly review of her work. A personal, a, a person familiar with the process told the Harvard Crimson they passed up two qualified employees who would have done a good job and not have been removed from office within about six months of being appointed, but they decided they would give it to the person who checks the most boxes. They gave it to Claudine Gay, and, uh, and now we see what has happened because of it. And I sincerely hope that uh, Harvard, well, Harvard is no longer Harvard anymore. For those who still uh, hold higher Harvard in, in high regard, they are only people affiliated with the university. Perhaps former, you know, alumni, well, you're always going to be an alumni, but alumni and, and staffers, maybe former staffers. Otherwise, uh, the butt is off the rose on Harvard, and I hope it impacts their, uh, their uh, uh, enrollment for decades to come if it doesn't uh, put them out of business altogether. There you go. All right, so coming up, my friend uh, uh, Blaine Holt, a retired Brigadier General, to talk about New York City becoming a whole lot like Snake Plissken's New York City. That's coming up. This is the Rob Carson Show.
kill me now, Snake? I'm too tired. Maybe later. I've got another deal for you. I want you to think it over while you're resting. I want to give you a job. We'd make one hell of a team, Snake. Name's Pliskin. That's right. That is uh, Kurt Russell. Snake Pliskin, Escape from New York. Uh, for Gen Xers, that movie is a big deal. And we've uh, we've been making this kind of analogy of New York City becoming the city in Escape from New York for a while, and I think we're getting dangerously close to that. And here to talk about that is Blaine Holt, Brigadier General, retired of the U.S. Air Force, Newsmax contributor, and friend of the Rob Carson Show. General, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's great to return to your show, Rob. So tell me about uh, your thoughts on on New York City and uh, its descent, because clearly, I mean, you know, it, with, after 9-11, obviously, New York suffered a great blow and there was death and destruction, but nothing that was uh, self-imposed, that, that actually was caused by policy, that was caused by criminality, people, uh, you know, uh, Venezuelan street gangs coming into New York City. Uh, you've got uh, this this uh, this astroturf, uh, anti-Semitic, uh, funded by George Soros and the Chinese Communist Party, uh, gangs in New York City. And, and you made that analogy in your latest column. So uh, uh, why don't you tell us about your thoughts? Yeah, so... I look at New York now and other cities in America, Rob, like they're, <clears throat> for those who's played this block game Jenga where you keep pulling blocks out of the bottom and, and then yeah. whoever pulls the tower down is the loser. But um, uh, that's what it looks like to me because the threats and the risks to New York now are all starting to come together to reach a, a tipping point of sorts. And wh- what I worry about is, you know, just like 9-11, no one, could, no one in the city that day could see that that coming. Um, but when we, we are getting early indicators and warnings, when we start to see police getting shot up by, by migrants or illegals, when we see, um, you know, absolute lawlessness per, prevailing in a city that, you know, just a few years ago was a delight and a joy to live in, um, it's all kind of coming together. Uh, the, the number one issue and concern that I have, and I, I stress it in my piece, is it's the it's the illegals, and it's not just the ones who are there to go. Oh, I'm here to find a better life. There there, there are so many fighting age men that um, are holed up in hotels in the downtown city. They're funded by the UN uh, on our taxpayer dollars through these things called non governmental organizations, these so called charities, and that money gets fueled to them on these bank cards. Recently, um, Eric Adams joined in to open up the city's coffers for 53 million bucks to provide more of these pretty unaccountable gift cards at up to $10,000 a wallop. But what happens when you start to just turn the money off? What do these people do then? Um, that's the concern on that front. And then when we look at what happened with uh, President Trump in Letitia James and uh, Judge Ogeron's uh, kangaroo courts, um, it's, it's the people out here in the country that are, are frothingly upset. And one of those groups is truckers, and another one is uh, the folks who ride the rail. And they are starting to threaten literally boycotting New York. Now, put all those pieces together, and then you've got Snake Plissken's uh, uh, dystopian prison called New York City. And I'm just very worried for my friends there that um, 
it would if it does go, it'll happen so fast. They're going to have to they're going to have to find ways to stay in and stay safe. Well, you've got uh, people moving out because of the taxes. You've got investment dollars going away. Uh, you've got these uh, these uh, uh, like I said, the anti-Israel, and this this is so tragic and heartbreaking. Considering that so many people still live in New York City, in on the Isle of Manhattan, whose husbands and uh, wives and brothers and uh, you know even to some degree children died on nine eleven. And, I mean, how far have we descended from Rudy Giuliani bringing the city back to where it is now, where gangs of uh, criminal illegals are able to attack the police and be released? I mean, that this is being allowed by the DA while the AG is going after the man who built New York City skyline. It doesn't... It's not going to end well from New York if we keep going this direction. It's going to be catastrophic. It will be catastrophic, and you know, you, you kind of alluded to it at the at the start of our discussion. Is <clears throat> this doesn't happen without a lot of money? These things are not random happenstance. Billionaires in the leftist Marxist class, like George Soros, um, I can promise you that when New York gets under extreme duress, they'll be sitting in the Hamptons. Uh, they'll be sitting in their underground bunkers. What they won't be doing is um, being held accountable for. Uh, all of the politicians that they bought with this woke ideology, all of their defund the police type people, all of their praise and love for Marxist uh, programs like Antifa BLM. And now uh, the sanctuary city comes home to roost where lawlessness per- pervades simply because there's not enough police presence to deal with these things. And the people who get caught in the middle are the honest, law-abiding, respect their country, respect their flag New Yorkers, the spirit of New York you know, it, it spans our entire nation. And you remember how unified we were on that day when, when we lost those towers. Yeah. Well, those people still very much live in New York, and they're powerless right now. And when they see things, look, if, if the guy who built the skyline, uh, simply because he disagrees with the deep state and the administration and the establishment, that, that they would use lawfare to try to bankrupt him, then what hope does anybody else have in New York and, and even something as simple as trying to defend yourself from one of these illegals who magically they're getting guns, um, you'll be the one in prison if you defend yourself. So um, it, it looks bad. And then as a logistician, I can always tell you, I look at the supply chains right away on any of these things. If those truckers get any kind of organized boycott, and we're only talking about stopping deliveries between 5 and 10 percent, if that happens, uh, New York's in really bad shape. We can replace the words New York with any city in America. It's that Letitia James has accelerated New York to the head of the class. I want to ask you this because you have commanded many in your career as a brigadier general and a uh, U.S. airman self-immolated yesterday in front of the Israeli embassy. Um, This is a kind of extremism that we normally associate with Hamas, uh, that someone would be so uh, mentally deranged and still wear a uniform that uh, this this person who was uh, engaged online with radical anarchist groups 
Phillips could slip through the cracks and burn himself alive in uniform in front of the Israel embassy. How does this happen, General? How does this happen in a branch of the military? This is the second, by the way, self-immolation of a human being. One happened in Atlanta last year, uh, uh, same way affiliated. But but the, this this uh, this this terrorist mindset that would kill oneself. How does that escape with and, and happen without anyone knowing about it in his command structure? Yeah, I, as an airman who went through an Air Force career where mission focus, a meritocracy, a love of your oath of office and a love of your constitutional values, and then teaching everybody below you that not only should they also understand what those values mean in defense of the nation, but also... Uh, that we have a thing in the Air Force called uh, a wingman attitude. And the wingman attitude is, is that we all look out for each other. So how much has this DEI Marxist move that the entire military, not just my Air Force, has shifted to, taken people to a place where they're so terrified to talk to each other on active duty about tough subjects because they might offend somebody and that's the end of a career. Now we don't have airmen looking out for each other. Um, you know, Congress needs to look into this. I'm not saying that this couldn't have happened in my old Air Force. There's always going to be a, a mentally disturbed person. But what I am saying is, is this culture is ripe for creating these things. And I think that that person's first sergeant, their commander, and uh, the chief of staff of the Air Force ought to be on the Hill in front of Congress uh, answering really tough questions about how the culture of the Air Force has shifted, why DEI and drag shows are in our best interest, and what the heck are we teaching our young airmen that would get a despondent young adult to a place where on distorted facts they would uh, end their life so painfully? It is, uh, it's a pointless death. And they've been, they've been taught, they've been brainwashed to believe that it is for the greater good of something. It's meaningless. It was an absolutely pointless death. It means nothing. They, they, have, they hold no sway uh, with regard to decision-making. The decision to self-immolate is not in any way, shape, or form related to an ability to change policy. It's just this person has been made mentally ill. And, and nobody was there to help him in uniform. I just, I, to me, it is, it is, I haven't talked about it a lot today because it is such a tragedy, you know, that, that a, a person who's 25 years old, who's working in IT, who had a future in IT, is ready to exit the service and rather committed an act of terror, even though he didn't injure anyone else. But he, he, he went after this with the same tenacity as someone who, you know, would have flown a plane into a building. It is, to me, yes. uh, frightening. It's frightening, General. The entire service needs to sit down, and the leaders of the service and the rest of the services, quite frankly, need to sit down and ask themselves if this Marxist, leftist ideology, and it is an ideology, and it's an ideology that moves us away from an apolitical military. It, a, it didn't serve this young man who bought into this nonsense. And B, um, are we going to be able to fight the wars that this administration is conjuring up for us all across the world if, if this is where the focus is? Um, again, you know, it may sound like an old-fashioned idea, but we derive satisfaction from service to the nation 
on the focus of our mission and being the best that we can be at that. We derive satisfaction by knowing we're within the four corners of our oath to the Constitution, not an administration. We derive satisfaction that our protection to the nation is afforded to um, all of the left-wingers as well as the right-wingers and anyone holding a U.S. passport, and, and, and that they have so gone off course. This is a symptom. It's a glaring red light. And if Congress doesn't get involved, uh, my faith in that institution is going to be on its last legs. Because what, what more of a warning sign do you need to understand that we can't have this kind of trouble in our armed forces, especially when we're looking down the barrel of World War III? All right, General Blainhold, I appreciate you joining me today, bro. And, and I'm, I'm really glad that you're writing for Newsmax. Newsmax magazine, is, uh, it's got a subscription uh, rate of 750,000 people, which is unheard of, which means that they're doing something right. And having you be a contributor is a big deal uh, and a big reason why that's happening. So I, I appreciate you finding the time today. I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm praying for our men and women in uniform. And I, and I know that we're going to write this ship. I know we we're going to write we this ship. Will. All right, my brother. Have a glorious day, and we'll talk again soon, okay? You too. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. You know, if you would have told me that I would be talking to brigadier generals on my show in my life right now and consider them to be a friend, it is overwhelming to me. And, and I hope that I'm able to bring them to you and personalize them so you can see what kind of people we have there. I remember when my son was like five, we were walking through uh, Reagan National, and there was a guy in fatigues. And uh, he was silver-haired and had a hat, you know, and I, and I walked up to him, and I, and I, and I, said, I told him my son, because I said, hey, my son, go thank him for his service, will you? And he'd, my, he'd come up and he'd say, thank you for your service, you know, and, and the general thanked him. And I remember he was a brigadier general. He told me he was a brigadier general. And I remember just standing there in this, like it was like this was light just like shining. Like, oh, my God, I'm meeting a brigadier general. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing moment. And now that I know that, uh, you know, like Blaine Hall, the brigadier general, uh, a storied uh, individual with an incredible career would join, um, join us on the show. Is, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's kind of cool. I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed beyond belief. Blessed beyond belief. Uh, let's take a break and come back. Last break of the show right ahead. This is The Rob Carson Show. So, Joe Biden hasn't been to the border, <clears throat> excuse me, in a thousand days. As the president, he's going Thursday, just announced he's going Thursday. You know why he's going Thursday? Because Donald Trump announced last week he's going Thursday. And this isn't about, um, it, it is to some degree trying to make up for the malfeasance uh, and and the uh, abuse that we've been through because of his policies and, and an attempt to regain the trust of voters before the election. It, it's actually not that, because I don't think they believe that they can do that at this point. I mean, some of them may. Some of them may. But, but what this is, this is an indignity. All right? This is an indignity. Joe Biden is showing up when Donald Trump is there to show you that there's nothing you can do that he will decide uh, whether the border is open or closed. And you better learn that. He did the same thing with his visit to East Palestine. He visited East Palestine, Ohio, a year afterwards. Didn't care about it at all. But one year later, decides to go to East Palestine, mumbles and bumbles, wipes his nose, blah, blah, blah. And it was an indignity. It was meant to show, do you see what I can do and who I can help or I can't help depending on 
if I decide to, that's what it was. This is the tool of, uh, these are the tools of a despot. And I'm being absolutely serious. I don't think anybody else is, is saying this. But I, I, this is how despots operate. Uh, you know, going to the ice cream store yesterday in New York on the day after, or the, the you know the the day after the weekend where uh, a beautiful young nursing student was murdered by an illegal, and we all know the reason why it was because Joe Biden's open border policies have allowed criminals to stream over the southern border wholesale. We know that crime is exploding in the nation's uh, big cities because of illegal immigration. We know that these people come across the southern border. They're completely unvetted, you know, unvetted for disease, unvetted for criminal record, un, 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 unvetted for whatever, and they're released into the country wholesale. So that said, when you do that, you know exactly what you are going to get. They know exactly what they are going to get. This is by design. This is by design. We're going to be having Peter Schweitzer on later in the week. Here is uh, Peter Schweitzer. Um, uh, let me see if I can find it here. Peter Schweitzer. Oh, oh, listen to this. This is pretty interesting. Uh, this is Peter Schweitzer. And I said this about the events of 2020 and 2024, what's going on now. But what I didn't know is how closely the Chinese Communist Party is involved. Uh, so, for example, uh, we had all those violent riots in, in, 19, in, in the 2020 uh, involving BLM. Uh, and now we have these violent protests in favor of Hamas. Many of the same organizations that were active in 2020 Told are doing ya. it again now. And Told ya. These are groups that have deep abiding ties to the CCP. Some of them receive funding from them. Uh, there's certainly an information exchange, the CCP tracks them, and their purpose is to create turmoil and chaos in the United States. Yeah, I said that. I said they're the same people. They started off with Occupy Wall Street, then they became Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They burned the country in 2020. 2024 rolls around. They used the same trigger event, kind of a different one, uh, the George Floyd uh, uh, death by fentanyl and blamed it on a cop in Minneapolis, stoked these AstroTurf protests that destroyed our country, and they tried to do it with a uh, supposed bombing of a hospital in Gaza. But we found out that that was a lie. But they tried the same thing. And now we know it's being bankrolled by the CCP. Which leads me to say, and I'm the only person saying it, Joe Biden's presidency is the quid pro quo. All the money from Ukraine, all the money from China, all the money from wherever, all of our enemies. Joe Biden's presidency is the quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. And now we're awake to it so we can fight it. Let's take a break and uh, wrap this thing up. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. This is a podcast you want to share with others. The guests today were unbelievable. My commentary and comedy, of course, you know, the industry standard. Uh, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen, share with others. God bless you. God bless America and Israel. Until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.